I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Good day, Oops, the podcast fans. It's Oops. I'm Francis, and he's Julio. G, hi. What up, buddy? How are you? Yeah, good, good. You're looking swell and, and chipper today. I feel good, bro. I was lying out in the sun for a little bit. Dude, it's nice. It's nice to get some rays right now, huh? I, I mean, I need them, bro. You know, we both do, I think. You look good, too, though. You look like you got me getting some sun. Yeah, I got a little sun. Um, we... One of our big activities is to take the convertible. She, we, my, my girlfriend's parents lent us a convertible, which has been our car. Same. And it's one of those automatic ones. So you just hold down a button and it wow. goes from being a car to a convertible. Yeah. Totally. Oh, it is fun. What and kind of convertible? It's a BMW, but I don't know what number. You don't know about cars either? I don't really either. Not much. I used to. Good for um, us. When I was in middle school, I, I knew a little bit. I, I would read Car and Driver on airplanes. Same, actually. That's funny. Yeah. And then I realized that I'm just, I'm not one of those people. Me either. Yeah. It's liberating. Yeah, it's nice. It's Continue. Nice. Sorry. That's okay. Um, so I... We, we, put the, we put the top down and we drove... We like to drive around. And, and, and now... We'll drive like an hour and 15 minutes somewhere because we like the driving. That's yeah, what we true, do. Yeah. So we drew, drove to a town called Booth Bay. This was kind of funny, actually. I'm glad we're here because this is a funny story. So we drove to Booth Bay. And I didn't tell my girlfriend, but I, um, I have this edible drink. It's like a THC lemonade that I bought. And uh, I finished it. Um, and there were probably, I don't know, like 30 or 40 milligrams left. <laughs> and I drank it and she drove us to Booth Bay. It was like an hour and 15 minutes there. And then we got to this lovely quaint town, classic Maine harbor side town. And we walked around. Most of the stuff was closed, but there was a convenience store from which we bought beers and put them in paper bags and walked around and drank Sweet. as if we were in the wire. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> and then we found a brewery that was open and my girlfriend loves beers. And uh, so she likes these like hazy, heavy IPAs, like the stuff that you brew in the types of cars that we were just talking about, like in like the radiator of a car, you know? And uh, so she, so she went in there and I stayed outside because we had a dog and she did like a tasting and came out and had bought a growler, you know, <laughs> of beer and was just like sipping that. And then we were like, okay, it's time to go home. And she was like, okay, you're driving. And I was like, uh, I can't. And she was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I'm, I'm impossibly high right now. <laughs> She was like, well, I just drank like three beers in this tasting. And I was like, you went in and did a tasting? I didn't know she had done a tasting. So I made her suck it up, you know? I made her suck it up. 
Dude, that's gave her great. water and a couple swift smacks across the face. <laughs> and we went home. <laughs> we drove home. I was like, just keep it in cruise control. Stay in the right lane. We're going to be fine. If anyone comes, have an Altoid. We'll be, cool. we'll be fine, you know? That's great, dude. But, uh, yeah. So that was a nice little weekend thing we did. Well, it's funny because, like, when you say that, like, your girl loves a nice hazy IPA or whatever, like, that is what most guys dream of. I know. A beer drinking companion. Are you a beer drinker? No. I'm not really either. No. I want a margarita with no salt. Yeah, I, that sounds nice to me too, dude. That's my drink, you know? Give me something that makes me think I'm drinking juice. And then if, <laughs> like, after six of them, I, I'm, I'm, I'm drunk, great. <laughs> but I don't want to know that I was – I don't want to have to suck it up. I, every time I drink a sip of whiskey, I wince. <laughs> yeah i don't like whiskey that much i can't just you know what i mean i wince i feel like i'm yeah, hurting intense. myself <laughs> yeah it goes down hard. it goes down hard dude it's funny when you said booth bay at one point probably like two years ago that was the code word that my friends and i used for vagina was booth <laughs> <laughs> so booth bay to me just sounds like a brothel or something Booth. Yeah, okay. Or just like a, booth, a, a port that sailors come into to, yeah, to exactly. find lots of whores. Exactly. Uh, the old um, Bay of Booth. <laughs> booth Bay, the Bay of Booth. Um, dude, Great. there was a kid on my AAU basketball team who lived in Booth, booth Bay. His name was Roy, which <laughs> I, I couldn't believe there was a 14-year-old a, a kid named Roy. <laughs> I'd never met anyone under the age of 30 who had the name Roy. I thought they stopped giving that name out, you know? Is that short? It feels like Roy is short for something. Royland? Is, is it short for Reginald or something? Like one of those random abbreviations? It like it. Yeah, it sounds like somebody who's going to, like, build a hot dog chain, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it but does listen, I, I i so that was our day on on saturday afternoon and it was because of the convertible that i got sunburned right because you the wind makes you feel cold but you're right. getting the sunburn in the morning on saturday i played golf and it was my first golf round of the year and i was paired with three other people and it made it very clear first of all that maine does not give a shit about the restrictions right because the golf course in new jersey that i'm a member at that just opened up they sent us a list of guidelines for how it's going to go and right. it's very strict they're right. only allowing twosomes out uh you're not allowed there's no you know you can't take the flag stick out you have to wear a mask if you're around the clubhouse all the practice facilities are closed i mean it's very severe yeah um but maine i got paired with a full foursome and get this two of the three two of the three people i was playing with were doctors one was an emergency room doctor here in maine and she was super relaxed i mean came within inside of six feet of me many times uh no masks <laughs> very relaxed the other guy her husband was a liver and kidney surgeon yeah so what do you think that means uh oh wow you asked him did i ever <laughs> oh my god all right so in case anybody doesn't know what we're talking about we had an email that was suspicious about someone who knew someone whose kidneys had been extracted and sold on the black market 
you got to go back and listen to that episode. But um, so continue, Francis. What happened? Yeah, scariest listener story ever is the title of that episode. It was a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I started to tell him this story, and I didn't get more than five words out before he interrupted me and said, "Woke up in a bathtub of ice. Did she have stitches in her <laughs> lower back?" He goes, "Yep, not true at all." We we hear that story every single day. <laughs> Dude, Love it. He 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 was so great about it. He was like, "Yeah, you fell for it. It's the old wives. <laughs> that's their old wives' tale in their profession." You know. <laughs> Dude, so that's great. He had some interesting insight. You know, he said for he said first of all, like almost almost he was almost insulted that I would imply that a surgery that difficult that what he does for a living could be done in a hotel room right <laughs> okay. he was like you need a medical team i he, and he, he was almost like i need this i need that right, <laughs> you know right, right. I mean? you're like all right like, buddy okay. but then it, more importantly he said he said look is it true that there is a black market for organ donors yes and he said that in iran organ the organ black market is huge and i think it's legal gotcha so i actually i don't even know if it's, it's not a black market there it's just there's a, a market for organs and a lot of times poor people will either sell their organs or i think like people will like take children like child slaves and like grow them to the point where they can donate their organs. Wow. So there That's is some crazy. pretty bad shit that happens. And he said that, I said, you know, what's the going rate for a kidney? And he said $30,000. Wow. So, so that number was true. Right. Um, Cause that's what that email told us, I think, or maybe you had told me that. Um, and then I asked him, you know, how difficult is a kidney transplant and he said not that difficult but that liver transplants are exceptionally difficult interesting uh because people go into cirrhosis they get very very sick it's a it's a nasty procedure but he does do that but kidneys are like two or three hours in and out isn't it nice how like science is humbling in the sense like you'd never hear a doctor lie about like if you're like is that hard you never hear a doctor be like for most people it's hard but for me you know i can do it in 20 minutes, you know, in and out. Like, <laughs> I could do it with my eyes closed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, we, we say that. And yet, were we talking about how we know doctors that have these God complexes? Who was that? No, we were talking about how everybody thinks their surgeon is the best surgeon on the planet. That's well, true. God complex? I don't know if we talked about that, though. Was it Tom Takar who said that? One of our guests Maybe. talked about how he didn't trust doctors. He didn't like doctors because they have God complexes. I have an ex-girlfriend whose dad was a very celebrated, you know, big swinging dick orthopedic knee surgeon. And I know that the orthopedic guys tend to be like the jocks of medicine. But he for sure was a total narcissist, very arrogant and not that fun to be around. Um, so not every doctor I've met has been kind of like humble and scientific and, you know, right. what we were just talking about. Some of them are dicks, dude. Yeah. 
but that was pretty wild, dude. He, it was, it was as if I, I wished he had, you know, I'd had run into him right around the time of, of that episode. Cause here was finally the, the authority on what we had talked about. Well, it's nice that that came full circle, man. Yeah. A lot of good overlap. Yeah. He was pretty solid at golf too. And his wife was very good. Um, so that was fun. That was fun. Well, so you were saying something earlier to me about uh, being paired with people. Yeah. I don't like playing golf with other people. So, but when you have to play, for example, at your course in New Jersey, which I imagine like the tee times are typically taken, are you being, <laughs> the tee times are t- typically taken, it's like a fucking yeah. tongue Just twister. Just um, silence in a dull, dark dock. Right, exactly. Are you, and do you usually get paired up with people you don't know? So, my course in New Jersey is pretty great and the membership's very small. So I can just show up there and basically go out whenever I want. By yourself, if yeah. you want it. Amazing. Yeah. And what's also really cool about it, I mean, you've seen it, the holes crisscross and overlap in such a way that like if I were to play holes one through three and then run into a foursome or a lot of traffic on the course, my, I would be able to jump around to different holes and keep oh, awesome. playing and not not really be held up that much it's great um but most golf courses especially on busy afternoons or days on weekends yeah you've gotta you've gotta fill up the tee sheet right right and so as you can imagine saturday in maine was like our first day over 60 degrees everybody wanted to play golf and so Mm -hmm. the tee sheet was filled from 8 a.m until 6 p.m with four balls all the way, you know? Yeah. And uh, I hate that because I like to play golf as fast as, as my game will allow me to play. Right. And usually I can play 18 holes in, in two and a half hours or less. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, but if you're playing alone and you're like a decent golfer and, you know, you, you don't need to like mark your ball and you don't need to wait for other people. You, you can play that quickly. That's how right. long the game of golf takes. Right. And it's only when you get into like four balls and you need to, you know, you're stopping for a beer at the turn and then there's a beer at the clubhouse afterwards and you're warming up beforehand that it becomes a full day affair. Right. Lunch in between nine holes. Yeah. yeah, it's too much. It's too much. And and that's where, like, you know, if you're dating somebody, they get sick of the fact that you're just gone for an entire weekend day to play right. golf. And right. that's reasonable. Yeah. But I also don't like playing with women. <laughs> Explain. Well, I don't know that women like playing with men because if you like playing golf quickly, and you're paired in a co-ed group, it means that the women have to wait for the men to tee off at the back tees, and then the men have to wait for the women to tee off. And it just creates this like kind of stop and go motion of of the round. And and I don't know, it's it's just so inefficient. Right, for anybody who doesn't know about golf, there are literally different tees for the men and the women that are different on each hole and they're different colors. And for whatever reason, I guess gender equality has not yet gotten to the golf course. Well, it's weird because that's their way of trying to make it equal. Right. Because right, right. they're acknowledging that the women can't hit it as far as the men. So they should be allowed to play from a little bit closer to right. the, the green. Right. But I don't know. I don't know, dude. 
I hate playing with people. I just don't like talking. It's always the same small talk bullshit. Oh, dude, it sucks. And then when you're not talking, it starts to get weird. It's really tiring. Yeah. But these, there was another woman in our group, a young woman, she's like 26 or 27, who was actually spectacular at golf. Mm. And she had won the club championship two years ago. Hits bombs i mean was driving the ball like 250 260 it was really impressive and i started making jokes because the other woman in our group was also pretty good and uh i started making jokes about how you know maybe they had a rivalry and like i was trying to like stir the pot between these two random women that i was playing with (laughs) and it was only towards the end of the round that the husband the liver surgeon told me that those two women actually had squared off in the club championship two years before, and that his wife was leading going into the 17th hole where she collapsed, like blew up, and then the young woman blew past her to win the whole thing. And then I was the asshole for being like, yeah, you're gonna take that, you know? I bet you she's hitting it farther than you. You're an old woman, look at you. Jesus, that's hilarious, dude. She had a little fucking John Vandeveld at the British Open situation. Yes, yes. Five-stroke lead or whatever. Was that Carnoustie, I think? Yeah. Uh, That was crazy. I watch old golf highlights a lot these days. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium. And you would all yell, Anchor, Anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, Anchor.fm. Download it now. I want to talk to you about Ellen DeGeneres, if, if, if you don't mind. Let's do it. Okay. So Ellen DeGeneres has been coming under fire recently as stories have come out that she's not a very good person. Mm-hmm. And it turns out she's not the nicest person to the people that work for her. Now, I don't think she's beating them, but, you know, <laughs> there was a bodyguard who came out. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was a a staffer who had a producer or something who had stories about how she, you know, didn't know people's names or she wouldn't say hello to people that worked for her when she came into work. And that the Ellen we see on her show is not consistent with the Ellen people see when the cameras are off. Right. Adding fuel to that fire was a former bodyguard who had protected her when she was hosting the Oscars who said that she refused to say hello to him, that he found it demeaning, and just kind of corroborated this uh, narrative that Ellen is not the warm, fuzzy person everyone thinks she is. Right. I think this is the biggest load of bullshit I've ever heard. (laughs) What kind of fucking bodyguard gets upset and feels demeaned when his charge doesn't address him and say hello in the morning? Right, right, right. I'm sure that's not an isolated incident. My point is like bodyguarding. My point is like, why is he? Why is he going to the press about this? 
Right, right, right. Yeah, I'm I... on Ellen's side. I'm on Ellen's side. She shouldn't have to say hello to her bodyguard. Right. He's getting paid to protect her, not have tea with her. <laughs> not to be pals. Dude, and this is why, this is why you, when, if you're hiring a bodyguard, you have to hire a guy from Israel. <laughs> Those guys do not fuck around. <laughs> right. They don't need you to pat them on the head, to hand them a little sushi roll. They don't need those guys mean business. They've got their little squiggly earpiece in, their reflective sunglasses, and they are constantly on the lookout for snipers and bears. They don't need you <laughs> to affirm their sense of self. <laughs> yeah, that that seems like do I feel like it's always a slippery slope when it comes to they were not nice to me when it's celebrities because you don't know what their day was like. You know what yeah. I mean? And like they go through the entire day with everybody trying to like get a memory with them as they're just trying to walk to get coffee. Exactly. So this like he was a dick. That's like a very tricky thing to really quantify. I, I, I completely agree. And, you know, it, it could be that uh, a celebrity gets it right with 99% of the people they interact with. And then one day they're just, you know, maybe they find out that a loved one is ill and, 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 and get into a fender bender. And, and by the time they run into the fan, they're just, they don't have it in them to be pleasant at that moment. And then that one fan goes to Twitter and says, I just ran into uh, John Krasinski in Brooklyn and he told me to fuck off when I asked him for a selfie. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, seven other people come forward on Reddit and talk about their interactions with John Krasinski. Next thing you know, nobody likes John Krasinski anymore. Right, right. Dude, it's it's true. It's and, and I've actually seen celebrities be aware of this phenomenon. I shot a thing with Taylor Swift that is not a big deal, and I'm not I'm not I think I'm not supposed to talk about it, so I'm not gonna it's get into it. It's a big deal and you must talk about it. Well, I'm gonna talk about specifically I, I'm I, I'm literally might not be allowed to. I think I signed an NDA, so I can't like whatever. I shot a thing with Taylor Swift and we did a bunch of scenes together and we're sitting there and the whole time she seemed like she was very aware that we would remember this encounter very well with her. So she wanted to put forth her best self. That's what it seemed like. It seemed like she was too cool. She was too nice, too cool, trying to be like funny and cool and friendly, and then suggested that we all take pictures with her. And it wasn't even because she knew that like we would want that. Yeah. She's like a little condescending, but yeah. I also did want the picture. <laughs> so we took a group picture and then she's like, should we do individuals too? And we all were like, yeah, yeah. So we all take them. And then, like, some, we had to check our phones at the beginning of the day. So we had them in those bags so we could yeah, use yeah. them. So she's like, let's take – and then she, like, made one of the guys working there. I think – I don't know if he was with her or who he was with. And he took pictures for all of us. And then she was like, make sure they get these. And she, we never got them. Like, I never got it. And, dude, oh. I even DM'd her asking for if she had the pick. <laughs> Shit. Really? Yeah. That's kind of a bummer, dude. That, so there's like an individual pick of you and T Swift out there and you it's don't some, have it? It's floating around there somewhere. I'll probably never get it. And dude, uh, it's funny because I got duped into like want to, to asking for this picture. Like I didn't want a picture. I didn't ask for a picture. I didn't like, it would have been cool, but you know, I wasn't. And then I was offered this opportunity and I was like, oh, this is cool. And then no picture. And then yeah. I fucking DM'd her like, a, like an idiot. What if that's how she just, what if she just gets off to the like blue balls of not giving out pictures of herself? <laughs> right. I mean, dude, she make, was very gets nice. your hopes she was, up. She was lovely. And I would say anytime I've been around 
any celebrity like that who is is like famous enough that they don't want you to like they want you to think they were cool at the time you met them you know yeah i feel that they feel this pressure right yeah chris is saying she's like that with a lot of fans i mean look she she has that level of superstardom where you know i think it's just impossible to navigate even listening to what you just said you're second guessing her goodness i know i know dude she was you know lovely. what i mean she was so she was so cool she was so lovely she was hot too oh for, she's stunning her you know she's like isn't she very tall as well dude she's a fucking woman man she's like she is she's not a girl anymore dude no. she's a fucking woman she is a yeah. grown ass gorgeous woman well uh, there was that famous moment where she sang at the victoria's secret uh fashion show and walked sort of performed down the runway and everyone was saying that it was you know hard to tell her apart from the angels or whatever Dude, that's yeah. amazing. Well, you know, it's it's a tough thing to navigate. I think as a celebrity, you basically have to pitch a perfect game from a PR perspective uh, in order to never fall afoul. Well said, dude. They build of, you up to take you down. Yeah, uh, of anyone's, and especially in the age of social media, it's like anyone can put out their one little bad experience. Um. Dude, there was, there was a famous story at Barstool. Uh, there was this guy named Glenny Balls that I used to kind of work with. He was like this 300-pound iceberg and uh, just didn't really do a whole lot. You know, he did these burger reviews, but he he was a goofball. He was a nice kid. And um, I heard once this story about how he was at this place called the Bordy Barn in Long Island. You ever heard of that place? It, yeah if ricky used to talk it's in hampton bays or something yeah it's like on the way home from the hamptons yeah, and ricky you get used these smiley face stickers for every beer that you drink and so you know you'd get oh man some days you'd be coming home on the train from montauk and you'd be so spent from staying up late and boozing hard yourself and you just want a peace and quiet and if you'd gotten on the wrong train at like 6 p.m. or something when you got to Hampton Bays all these really drunk kids would get on covered in smiley faces and they would just be peeing into Gatorade bottles and just okay. acting like fucking hooligans and I hated them and I therefore hated that spot <laughs> but I guess I think I think uh the story was that Glenny Balls was at the Bordy Bard one day and he was like crushing Bud Heavies that was his drink and he used to, he had this way of sucking them down. Like he didn't just drink it. He would actually suck the beer out of the bottle. Like it was a pacifier. I watched him do it. It was amazing. That's hilarious. And he like fell asleep at a picnic table or something. And a fan came up to him and like shook him <laughs> and was like, Glenny, Glenny, you know, I'm a huge fan. Like I want to take a picture. Would you, can you take a picture? And Glenny Balls was like, fuck off. And then the story was that Glenny Balls had told a fan to fuck off who had asked him for a picture. <laughs> yeah, dude, exactly. And it's like, well, the Perfect dude example. was in a coma. You know what I mean? <laughs> what do you expect? Yeah, dude, you're right. You said it really well with the perfect game thing. Yeah. Like, you really have to put your perfect game or you will. And, dude, that's the thing. It's like you have this window of time to make to make your money and, like, 
if I was really famous, dude, I would try to just save all that money anticipating my downfall in the near future. Right. You right. Know? Yeah. So what are you going to do? All right. One last story on this. I, dude, what? all right, go ahead. Go ahead. You Sorry. go ahead. You go ahead. You go no, ahead. no, 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 no. I was going to say something else. So go ahead. Well, to your point about Taylor Swift acts, you know, saying let's take a picture, right? It's that woman has been asked by every, the majority of the people that she's probably ever encountered since her 15th birthday have asked her to take a picture, right? Right. So it's pretty normal for her to assume that anyone she meets is going to actually want a picture. And whether they ask or not, even if they don't, they're either just being, like, there aren't that many people that she would be like, want a picture, and they'd be like, no. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Everybody would want the picture. I went and played Philly Helium right before the coronavirus curtain fell. And... I think it was the late show on Friday where afterwards I came out to do a meet and greet and I came out. Have you ever done Philly Helium? You ever done shows there? Punchline is the only club I've done in Philly. That's great too. Um, but okay. So you, you can actually walk out from the green room to the street and then kind of come back into the club where people are coming out. And so I walked out to the street and there were a bunch of people there kind of like milling around, having cigarettes, just figuring out their next move. And a couple people came up and they were like, great show, really loved it. You know, we take a picture. And I was like, yeah, of course, of course. And I was saying hi to everyone. I was, you know, shaking hands, all that. And then I came up to this group of people as I was kind of moving from one group to the next. And I was like, hey guys, thanks so much for coming, uh, yada, yada. And like one dude, I, I, I like shook his hand and he like kind of didn't want to shake my hand. And he was like, what makes you think I think he said something like, what makes you think I want to talk to you? That's what he said to me. Oh, my God. Was and he fucked up? Was he with his girlfriend? I, I think he was. I, there were like four or five of them. Yeah. But it, it, was, it was the guy who had the mindset you had with Taylor Swift, except, you know, times a thousand, right? Yeah, yeah. Where he was like... <laughs> He was basically like, you are the only one who thinks of the two of us that we should meet. And he was letting me know. And I wasn't being like, do you want a picture? Right, right. I was just like, thanks for coming. You were being like really nice. And you actually are just a very really, you're a really nice guy. Thank you. really you. are. You really well, are, man. It, it blew me away that this guy, like, it, maybe I wanted to meet him. But dude, exactly. There you go. It's like the inception of this kind of, encounter where like you're actually being nice and he is questioning you being nice the way that i did with taylor swift <laughs> he's like oh yeah you think i want to talk to you fuck you dude yeah, this is a dude who paid money to come see me perform i and, and and didn't like heckle me and get kicked out of the show so it's a pretty reasonable assumption for me that like you know at, at least at the very least i want to thank him for coming and that he knew who i was right totally but Boy, he wasn't happy. He just totally matumboed me from my press tour. And uh, that was that. That was that. You yeah. haven't had a chance to make up for it because it was the last show. That was. <laughs> what were you going to say? I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, dude, you were not interrupting. That, uh, I was just going to say, uh, welcome to all our new listeners. Thank you, guys. And also, yeah. thank you to our ride or dies. And, you know, hopefully the new listeners become ride or dies as well. We're having fun here. So we uh, yeah. enjoy having you guys here. Dude, I got to stay. Uh, I don't know if it was the weather, but I woke up this morning feeling really good. Oh, really? This was the first day I've woken up 
and kind of had a morning where I thought, man, like I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm excited. Let's make things. Let's create. That's awesome. Because I've had good days, but the prevailing thought that accompanied those days was like, it's not so bad. You know, right, right. Uh, we can endure this. We're going to make it. Today right. was like, this is great. Life is good. Let's create something that will exist after all of this. Right. That's great, dude. It's a great feeling to have. Do you ever worry um, that there are people out there right now making things that are going to make the rest of us fall behind once all of this ends? You mentioned that. Um, and no, because, dude, realistically, it's not about them. It's about us. So, like, you have all the power to be doing whatever it is you want to be doing. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So them make people are always going to be making stuff. Yeah. So if you want to make stuff too, you can make stuff too. But I, the idea of other people making stuff and getting ahead of me, there's always going to be people ahead of me. Right. So it doesn't really stress me out that much. I do sometimes feel pressure to make things if I haven't for a while. If I'm like, all right, it's been a while since I've done this. I should probably do that now. I do have right. those thoughts from time to time, but I don't really feel pressure to be honest. Hmm. I'm assuming that means that you thought about it a little. Well, I don't know. I, I, I told you, I think my manager was the one who kind of kicked me in the pants a little right. and said like, come on, dude, you know, let's, let's get moving here. Um, but that was a good wake up call. I needed that. Um, I got one more thing I wanted to bring up to you. J crew has filed for bankruptcy. Hmm. Were you ever a J crew guy? Hmm. I had a girlfriend who tried to make me preppy once. Yeah. And I was, they were buying me all this fucking Nantucket red and blue and light blue and all this shit. But I was never like a J. Crew guy per se. I had some items, but. <laughs> light blue shit. <laughs> just I had a little preppy phase. You uh, hated? What about you? Well, it sounds like it, the preppiness was foisted upon you. So I don't even blame you. That's not a, I wouldn't call that a phase. I would call that a, a servitude. Right. <laughs> yeah, I gave it a um, shot. I, oh yeah, I was a big, uh, we called it Jacques, Jacques crew. I like that. To try to francophone it yeah. a little bit. <laughs> um, dude, J. Crew was a, an important part of my life. Yeah, big time. It was the nest that cradled me as a baby bird before I felt adventurous enough uh, to take the risks and explore other fashion brands. Um, very nice, dude. They, dude, everything they made just fit the same way. And that's always my, nice. Yeah. From the age of 22 to 26, I had a lot of J. Cruz. I mean, that was like my fail safe, tried and true. The problem with it was that whatever you bought from that store, if you went to a pregame, in the fourth floor of a walk-up apartment in Murray Hill, wearing the that chest. flannel, there would yep. be three other people wearing oh. the same exact fucking shirt. Interesting. And you didn't want to stand around those guys because you were like, ah, it's going to look like we're going to do a synchronized dance or something, you know? <laughs> That's funny. And it, it just – everyone – shopped there every basic white bro shopped there everyone right. bought the new flannel when it came out in the fall and it was just it was so ubiquitous that 
uh, it, it became embarrassing. <laughs> so eventually I stopped for the sake of not being uniform, you know? That's funny. J. Crew was solid. It was a good price point. And also, like, the clothes would look better when they got a little sun. When they got, like, a little faded, they would have mm-hmm. that kind of, like, distressed. Good. It was good, durable clothing. Yeah, but the, the quality went to shit, I think, at a certain point. I think they were, like, bought out by a different company who started fiddling with the margins, probably lowered manufacturing costs. And I just remember, like, stuff shrank. Yeah, no, I felt like J. Crew was sort of on the outs, maybe. And, I, like, it seemed like maybe this was coming regardless of coronavirus-related issues. I don't know, though. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. And I, I wrote a blog the other day about how, uh, do you know um, Rag and Bone? Yeah. Yeah, so they're kind of like a better, more edgy, fashion-forward version of J. Crew. I don't know. They're like a, a step up, obviously. More urban. Sure. And they, um, I, I, you know, I've I bought a lot of Rag and Bone shit over the years, and they always have these like 75% off sales and stuff. And I got an email that was this letter from their founder that was saying, it said like, why we're lowering our prices. And it was this heartfelt, you know, kind of plea to the rag and bone community. And it was typed up on this parchment looking paper and then (laughs) photographed and sent to a mass email list. And he wrote it as though, you know, we're doing this from the generosity of our hearts. We realize these are tough times. So we're offering, a, a, you know, we're lowering our prices. It was just a fucking sale. Just right, a regular right. sale that he was using the coronavirus to help bolster their clothing sale, to sell jeans. <laughs> it pissed me off. <laughs> well, maybe, I mean, maybe they were really struggling too, though. I mean, rag, you know, these are not brands that I feel, look, these aren't brands that I feel that bad for. I feel bad for like restaurants and for bars and for people that are working hard and like whatever, normal places. Totally. But a retail store that sells blue jeans for $240 and has, you know, almost 200 stores nationwide or yeah. And and then lowers their jeans from 240 to $210. Right, right, right. Give me a break with the parchment. Give me a fucking break. Yeah, agreed. Dude, it's funny. I used to, I used to work at Calvin Klein temping, mm. uh, and I would do like pretty easy shit, just kind of like organizing the clothes, whatever, uh, at the corporate office though. So sometimes we would just get these samples, uh, and we could take shit home with us when they had extras. So I would get a lot of stuff. So one time, I did. I had an audition where my friend James and I, James, who you guys might know from. Uh, handsome dancer he also made that insane video of my pictures from jordan yeah um, james manzanello or whatever james manzello yeah manzello yeah so anyway we have the same commercial agent and we went on an audition together so i thought it would be funny if we just wore the exact same outfit and didn't say anything about it when they asked us <laughs> yeah. kind of like with the, the the south park guys when they wore dresses not as funny as that but yeah but so we'd go in the, these auditions wearing the exact same thing and the casting director would be like, oh, it's funny. You guys wore the same thing. And we'd be like, we're just so happy we get to audition together. It's so much fun. Like, <laughs> just completely avoid the question. It was fun, dude. Did, was it, was it a, a distinct outfit? I mean, was Very. it? Very. Like, Uh-oh. oh, light purple polo shirt, 
the exact same pants, the exact same everything, dude. It was really spot on, the exact same outfit. Love that. Very enjoyable. Um, dude, Cinco de Mayo. Oh, yeah. Is, tomorrow, right? Or well, today. Yeah, today. To this. Um, Corona does some insane number of its sales on Cinco de Mayo or in the lead up to it. Right. I have to wonder if anyone's going to celebrate the Cinco de Mayo this year. Um, I hope so, man. You, like, listen, guys, if you're taking this out on a Mexican beer company that happens to coincidentally have the same name, like, you, you know, you're an idiot. Right. <laughs> like, if you want to drink Coronas, drink them. Like, right. enjoy yourself. Just don't go, don't do it next to other people. I guess my question is, uh, you know, beyond that, uh, obvious name uh, conflation, conflating, whatever it is. Um, do you do you think people are going to be celebrating holidays in all of this? Listen, I think that eventually, yeah. Like right now, and even right now, man. Like I, I'm noticing people are just kind of like used to wearing masks in public. Yeah, it's and like it's fi- it's fine. You know what I mean? Like it sucks, yeah. but it's gonna not like be, eventually. It's not gonna be like this, right? You know what I mean? And. For now, it's like this, and it, it doesn't feel like it's as shitty as it was at first when the numbers were just doubling every day, and we didn't know when that would stop. And you know what I mean? Like, it seems like as long as we relax and take our time to get back into things, we'll be all right. So I think that we can enjoy our holidays responsibly, you know? Hell yeah. Agree. Agree. And it seems like think the world is uh, slowly uh, warming up the engines again. Totally. Um, which is great. But for now, that's Oops, the podcast on a, a lovely Tuesday. What Dude, do you can got? I sneak in one more thing before Please. we... Sorry. Yes. No, it's okay. It's okay. This is, this is quick, but this is funny. Uh, it's not that funny, but my parents got scammed this weekend <laughs> um, trying to sign up for HBO. I was like, how in the fucking world? So my dad Googled uh, Amazon customer service. Apparently, they were trying to get it through Amazon. He somehow ends up with this wrong number, a 425 number. So everybody beware. Uh, about this, I guess, if you're, if you're getting into the situation. So he basically got into the situation where the customer service guy, quote unquote, convinced him to do a screen share on his computer and like ended up selling money out of his account. Oh my God. Dude. Like a thousand dollars, like something that sucks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, my dad was so pissed. And then later in the day, he gets a call back from the guy's supervisor at Amazon being like, we're so sorry about this. He scammed 10 other people. And, my, and I'm like, Dad, this guy's also scamming you. He's yeah, right. He's re-scam you. Like, right. My dad goes, he goes, dude, this is a great call. He goes, if I were any stupider, you'd have to water me three times a day. That's <laughs> 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 fucking hilarious. <laughs> so my poor parents, I bought them an Apple TV. I'm like, guys, you need to stop fucking calling to get hbo yeah download the app and sign up in the app are you literally kidding me yeah oh that's great though oh that's funny how's how's his english my dad is it a hundred percent hundred percent does he have any accent i don't think so i've heard people say that they hear that my parents have an accent but i don't hear it and i'm pretty sure they don't like you might not think so they've lived here most of their lives Uh uh-huh and uh yeah, my dad. My dad's very. He's not like, they're not very scammable in theory. Like my dad's very smart. He's like, and he's not. He's he's not the kind of a guy that gets like taken advantage of over the phone kind of guy. 
right. surprising to me that he fell for that. Yeah. But. Huh. I, it's funny, dude. You mentioned, like, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll talk to an Uber driver on the way to the airport who speaks good English but has a very thick accent, and I'm like, you know, how long have you been living here? And they say, like, 27 years, you know? Right. <laughs> and, and you're like, how, how is it possible you still have such a thick – I go to England <laughs> for a weekend, and I start speaking with a British accent. <laughs> right. For a weekend. <laughs> I don't know. I guess some accents are harder to shake, but I don't know. Um, buddy, good to see you. That was a fun episode. Yeah. Positive, positive vibes to start this week off. We're oops, the podcast, send us your, uh, quarantine stories, your mistakes, anything funny you got to oops, the podcast at gmail.com. You could also DM them to our oops, the podcast, Instagram account. He is not Julio with a J on Instagram. I am at Francis CC Ellis. We will see you on Thursday. Goodbye. Goodbye.